0: Please.
1: Welcome back to the next part of this Truth and Rhythm episode. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. If you've already done so, please share it with friends. Also become a member by joining Truth and Rhythm on Patreon. Or consider donating at FunkinStuff.net. Thank you so much for your interest and support. Enjoy. You, you went out and toured after Showtime was released? Uh, yeah. How much did you play live with, with Slave?
0: Actually, I played. I was playing live with them right after the finish of. uh, uh, I was doing live with Stone Jam.
1: Okay. Yeah, I love that album too.
0: Yeah, I do too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really
0: love that album, man. It's a nice album.
1: Great variety on it, and that title track. It's just kind of you know, it showed like the sort of epic kind of tracks that they were capable of doing with.
0: Them dudes is yeah. good, man. D- Danny and Drack were unique rhythm players. When they put a pocket down and, re- and recorded, they were good, man. Uh, like I said, I've been around some nice dra- jazz guys, some nice players, and they had a nice feel. Uh Uh, When they did some stuff that was comparable to a a lot of things that you heard, Uh, you know, Kevin Hubanks was on uh, 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 some of the things we did with Steve Arrington, right?
1: Yeah. I was going to jump to that next because I want to know how how you ended up, you know, leaving with Steve and, you know, why, why did that kind of happen and why did you go with that?
0: Why I left with Steve to go yeah. play there. Yeah. Uh we were we were actually uh had uh there were some things going on that was going in a different direction than what we wanted to do. Uh and so we came up with an idea to uh do a different band uh with the uh, uh, long-term objective of spinning off other bands. And so the first band we were going to do was Hall of Fame. Then one of the things we had planned to do was to spin off and do a separate thing for Steve Arrington. Uh, But somehow it ended up being Steve Arrington Hall of Fame, which I didn't think was a good idea because you you can't separate it as easy. Because once you do that it, to the, the market, from a marketing perspective, it looks like something got lost. If you start off as Hall of Fame and then you spin off the other one, Hall of Fame is still a marketable piece uh, uh, for what it is. Uh, and you can still be playing together. I I saw that with the jazz guy. That's one of the things I learned from jazz guys. I've been, these guys go in and they go record a whole bunch of stuff. Five guys. They record a whole bunch of stuff. All same five guys, but they divided up. Say they had 20 tunes. They divide them up. Then you do them on this album and they're called you. And you do it on this album. It's called you. You do it on this album. It's called you. It's the same guy
1: well george clem was notorious for that
0: yeah but i'm saying it was it's not new it's, it's it was something that was done a lot of uh uh but that uh some they didn't they didn't get that concept uh, just happened like I not i had been around uh different things so they didn't get that concept so it didn't it didn't last long and i i just i got out and uh, but i was married and i had kids to feed so i went back that, to school it was a great album though i mean yeah was, yeah but you i agree but you know you you got to be able to build on it
1: it was incredible debut you know so to speak and uh as a fan i was always just so curious like uh, volume 1 you know okay when is 2 coming you know and,
0: yeah i get it i get it uh like <laughs> i said we were young i, I don't have any I don't have any uh, uh negative critical things to say about uh the, the band and Steve and all that. We were young and um um my experience was my experience. I'm not saying it's better than anybody else's, and my experience told me that there was a it was a bit a better way to approach that. Uh uh because I had seen it. Work successfully or uh, not that you have to it, it, there's no cookie cutter here I'm just talking about the concept works successfully if you know how to do it because that's sorry that's what a lot of them do uh so anyway, I went back to school and uh had to finish college because I had kids to feed
1: yeah well, I have
0: time for it.
1: life life moves on man you got yeah man you it.
0: got you got you got i can't i'm go I'm not gonna make my kids starve and, and then destroy my home to chase uh, chase that stuff. That's, that's, it's not going to happen. I do want uh,
1: viewers to know that you're, you have co-writing credit for Way Out, which was one of the top tracks on that record. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I was surprised too, uh, Sam, that some of those weren't bigger hit singles than they were. Living in Los Angeles is where I came up in LA. And those songs were all played on the radio constantly. And then I went and looked and I saw that nationally – They weren't all as big a hits as I thought maybe they were.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're hitting in another whole program. That's another whole program. What, the marketing? Yeah, Yeah, marketing, how you're getting played in different markets. Right. And how that goes down. It's a whole different, uh, it's a different animal, man. Uh, We got, uh, yeah, we got stuck to. We got it stuck to us in a lot of ways. Uh oh, that's all I can say. Yeah. Well by that time we had a lot of stuff that after a while, we had tons of stuff that were being sampled. And all of the uh, uh hip hop guys were building their reputation off of our uh work. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh it took a while to untangle that. And we didn't have the money to fight those guys because they record companies. They were making millions of dollars and they taking your stuff and then using the money they make off your stuff to keep you from getting your money for your stuff. Uh, uh, you don't have enough money to fight that. And uh, and finally, when it got to the point where because it was kind of a new thing, nobody really done that. uh, uh And all we're saying is, man, you know, you're using our stuff. I mean, just give me, you know, how about a dollar or two? They fight, you don't want to give you nothing. Somehow they finally uh, got through it, and then they said, okay, I tell you what, the courts, uh, we'll go back this far, but no further. How come? And I answer is because your lawyers don't pay us the way their lawyers pay us (laughs) We're determined that uh we're not going any further back. You basically like, wait, this is where all the money was made. Yeah, exactly. And we're not giving that up. Yeah, it's a, it yeah. is a it is, man. You know what's going on. Um,
1: viewers ought to know that you were also on the Positive Power album with Steve Errington, uh, which I really liked also. Again, that track 15 rounds, really good funk track, but um didn't go up as high as I thought it should have. Yeah. And um you co-wrote Mel was a cello, really great slow song. And then uh, you mentioned that you left, but you came back in some capacity later on, at least, because you have credits uh later in the eighties with Slave. Um how did that come about or what's we what
0: recorded was tons of stuff.
1: So that was actually stuff recorded. We, record, we
0: recorded tons of stuff. I'm telling you, man, there's enough stuff even to this day that I know nobody's heard. Wow. So we we would spend a lot of time recording. Uh Jimmy Douglas was our producer, smart dude. He knew when to hit that, make that light red. <laughs> so we, we had a lot of stuff. But uh we we we've been through a lot of those and uh uh it's been fun and all that uh i uh I've been through the music I still like to play now. I've gotten my uh some new equipment uh, because I like i want to develop some content uh, uh, but since I've left there uh doing the music, i finished uh uh college worked in higher education
1: been but in what, higher,
0: what drew you to that higher ed yeah. Actually, it was kind of table talk. My uncle was, I had a cousin that asked me to come and work temporarily at a school, and I've been in it ever since. But my uncle uh, uh, who passed was more like an older brother, my dad's baby brother. He was the chancellor of the state systems in Connecticut, Uh, uh, built it up really big, Uh, uh, got buildings named after him there in Connecticut at the uh, state uh, universities. Uh, um, and, uh, so I, I mean, I, he was my mentor. It, it was again, unplanned. Uh, but since then I've been in being hired education and, um, I'm also right now I'm associate pastor at Phillips temple church. So, uh, that's my greatest joy. Mm. Uh, and, uh, so I've, I've had, uh, 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 fun, man. And I've been blessed extremely blessed uh, with the gift of music uh, to meet guys like you who know the craft and enjoy it uh, um, and it was it, that music was a was a it was a the last of a uh, a good creative time uh, because now uh, music has gotten what the best they can do is take our music. And then going to shock jock type of lyrics and everything, you know, there are, few, there are some guys that are out there that are doing some nice stuff that are coming about, but that long transition and dry period, where the only thing we can do is take this funk stuff and say the most crazy and filthy and out of order things we can and put it out there. Cause we we can't play. We don't know music. So we'll just say some dumb stuff on top of some people that can play music. They made a lot of money doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what is there one memory from the road that maybe was really unforgettable? Uh, being part of Slave or Steve Arrington or anything like that, doing some funk out there somewhere. Maybe, <laughs> it, maybe, maybe it was on on that P Funk you played with uh, P Funk.
0: You said no, no, no. We were on tour with P Funk. Right. Be open for them.
1: But maybe it was one of those shows or some
0: show. Yeah, there's some stuff that happened on that. I don't know if you got time for all that, but there there are some different shit. Give us
1: one or two quick hits of something that was memorable for you. Uh,
0: I think of Funkadelic. uh, They were on that raw edge and heading toward what I was talking about, uh, just doing crazy stuff. And I remember they uh, invited a bunch of uh, young ladies up. It was down in, was it North Carolina? Uh, a lot of these little college girls up, and they just weren't prepared for the fuckadelic. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, they got on stage, and uh, those poor little girls, uh, uh, they were so embarrassed and, and probably scared. Because George and them, um, those guys were really uh they were the they were the beginning of the shock jock <laughs> musicians. And uh and so they kind of just went running all off the stage and everything, like a little scared. Uh, and that that was kind of different. Um, but then other than that, man, some of it's some of it's different. I mean You'd be surprised at what I remember and what is there. That what I remember being on uh in a place in Texas and uh on off of 10, we're driving through Texas and the bus stops, and uh we go in the place to eat, and we go to the bus stop, we walk in, it's like clink, clink, clean, you know, all the chingling and dishes and people eating, and we walked in. And it got quiet as church. It was like, and uh, being a little bit of... older, the guy said, man, we got to get out of here. <laughs> and Danny was like, no, man, I want something to eat. They going to serve. Danny, this ain't the fight. Get on the bus. <laughs> Get on the bus. Man, it was so, they looked at us like, what are you doing it, man? We got on the bus and got out of there. Weird stuff, dude. Even in like
1: 1981, you know, that was. In definitely-
0: 1981, man, we got poured over in South Carolina. But it, it, it was, and I'm not exaggerating. There was at least 10 state troop cars full of cops Pull us over. The bus came up, made us stop the bus, get off the bus. We got to get off the bus. And then get out of there. So we're all sleepy, man. We could, we're coming from Florida back up to New York uh and it's cold we had been down in there because you know we lived in Florida and they come out of there and we got to come out and they make us get your hands up get you and my brother's like can I can I put my jacket on boy if you move would be the last move you make. I'm like dude where are we at and what are we doing so we got our hands up and they make us all go along then they take this kid and make him walk in front of us. Is this one of them? And I could see the boy was uncomfortable because he knows this is stupid. Go look at him. And he's walking by us. He said, No, this is not, this not them. No, they didn't. Do, no, and we keep your hands up. It's not him. <clears throat> you know what they had us for? Somebody had robbed the truck stop that we were at. And somebody saw a whole bunch of black guys get on a bus and ride off. So the the trooper wanted to come and get us, and they bought the employee there, and he's trying to tell them, man, these dudes didn't do it. They're not the ones. Dude, that one was a little bit concerning because these guys had shotguns out pointed at us. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, how stupid can you hillbillies be to think that we're walking, running around, robbing truck stops and jumping on a bus making escapes? Uh, They're
1: just looking for a reason, you know?
0: Dude, nobody, you weren't getting a reason from <laughs> me. <laughs> but it is stupid. And you kind of feel like you want to knock them upside the head because you're like, dude, you know, you just... You're jamming me, man, and I, and I ain't done nothing to you. You're jamming me just because you can. And you're trying to force this guy, this kid, who's clearly uh, uncomfortable and trying to get you to ramp this down because this ain't, this ain't what's going down. And he, he can't force that kid to help ramp it up, and the kid wasn't going to do it. Thank God. And so we got out of there. So actually, yeah. I, I got some stories that are like that. Uh, tons of those, dude. Well,
1: any anyone that's that's really unfortunate. I just hate to hear that, especially you know you're into the eighties already and you're still getting that crap.
0: Yeah, you, you get it now, but it is what it is. Yeah, but you know, people are uh, you know my biggest thing, man. When I was talking to folk, man, human beings are human beings, man. They got some folk act a fool, and you can you can put I don't care what stripe you put on them. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, theologically, I got my reason for why I believe that's the way it is. Uh, uh, but I believe empirically, I can prove if that's the way it is. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm believing that uh, through things like uh, music. Uh, guys and, and girls getting to know each other, talk to each other. Uh, of course, my uh, uh, core belief is that uh, uh, ultimately around the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, people will get to learn each other and treat each other better because everybody will find out that they all fall short and, uh, and need a, a savior. Say it like it is. And uh, when they get to understand that, uh, you can stop looking down your nose at people and and picking unnecessary fights.
1: Amen. So is there any um, show that on the musical side just really stands out to you that was like, wow? Uh, I
0: remember playing with... uh, Uh, When Steve and us, we did a show in Orlando. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Disney. Oh, man. As a matter of fact, we wrote, uh, I forget the name of the song, but man, we had some nice ballads. It was, the sun was right. The temperature was right. It wasn't hot. It was cold in New York, but we were in Orlando. The temperature was right. The stage was right. Right. The sound was right. And I just remember being there and playing some colors. And, man, we just had fun. We had fun. We just, it was uh, for the sound check. I think we, we played for so long almost all afternoon, just coming up with ideas and playing music because there was nobody but us. And, uh, we were featured, uh, the featured, uh, uh, group at that time. Uh, that, that was a fun experience. Um, uh, really had some fun experiences with, uh, uh, with Adams, with Mark playing, uh, uh, um, uh, at some concerts, because he, he had a good ear. Mark had a very good ear for uh, the way he would play against uh, some of the colors I would play, some of the chord structures I would play. He just found a way to make it do what it do, because he, he had a good ear. Uh, um, I remember doing a concert in New Jersey like that. It was smoking. Uh, well, it, yeah. Then there was a down part after that because some jerk tries to come up on stage blowing smoke in your face, blowing reefer in your face, you know. Uh, you know, it's like, dude, man, look, dude. <laughs> dude, we're trying to play a concert here. Where is the security? Can you get this guy and take him? I mean, literally coming up on him. How does he get up on the stage? blowing smoke on the musicians.
1: Well, that could have been at Disney.
0: That wasn't at Disney.
1: I don't think so. <laughs> no,
0: no, that wasn't at Disney. <laughs> that was in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. but it was like, dude, somebody got to get this guy.
1: Were, were you um shocked, you know, when uh we lost Adams and lost Hicks, but I think they're both around 56 or so. Yeah, they were old. young.
0: Yeah, I was uh I was I was disappointed because I hadn't, uh, they were, I was, you know, we were in all living here in Ohio, uh, Dayton area at that time. And, um, um, I would share with them. They knew everybody hung out. They see me. Uh, they know I was different. Um, I was in a different lifestyle. Uh, but they hang out and talk with me because I I, I was the last person. I, I couldn't judge them. I mean, I was doing the same jump, man. Uh, man, I never liked for them. I wanted, I wanted them to know that they had a hope uh, beyond this life and and outside of all this stuff. Uh, but uh, and they didn't mind because you you don't look down your nose at them. You leave that to a as God's business to convict them, handle all that. You just tell them what's going on and then give make sure they know that you can you can talk to me, we can hang out. Um, uh, and uh, that didn't happen sometimes, they went uh, they kept doing the lifestyle they kept doing, and unfortunately, as a result of that, uh, they uh ended up losing their lives, and that was that was that was sad for me
1: because
0: mm-hmm. I lost. Yeah, yeah man.
1: A huge loss. Uh,
0: I had so many laughs with those guys, man. You know, that's part of other stuff, you know it too, man. Some of the belly aching laughs that you have with them, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was as good as playing music.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've had some belly aching laughs with Mark Adams. See the twit the, the, the the twinkle in his eyes and the the his head rolled back, oh gosh and Drac, yeah it was it was just the way it is, man. It seemed like
1: you know because of Mark Adams and Mark Hicks and those guys, they still had that basic slave sound later in the eighties, but they just maybe didn't have as good a songwriting uh I think that was maybe part of the reason they weren't hitting as hard as they did before
0: yeah I think maybe they just didn't have some of the uh the harmonic uh, things that would take it because let me tell you uh, uh 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 Ray, who played keyboards before with them and and carter uh, good players man uh Ray was Ray is still a phenomenal player. Uh he could play everything. Now they had good they had they would end up with some good keyboard players. Not counting myself necessarily as one, but uh, uh Ray Ray could really play and he and he put some good stuff on those albums. And I think when they uh got away from uh keyboard players that harmonically could capture that funk sound that they had and kind of give it a, 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 air and a space, kind of a little palette to sit on. Uh, it, it became, um, they had less of an impact.
1: Less distinctive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause there weren't many, uh, Man, we had. There weren't many guys playing uh, like that in funk bands. Funk bands were playing just basic uh, chord triad, and this got its place. But they weren't playing the the, the harmonic structure that that lend to the type of things that Slave was trying to do.
1: And there were a lot of colors in the vocals too. You know, from. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh steve and and, and star and mm-hmm. you know, yeah um are you surprised i'm sure you are that 40 years later uh there's still the interest there is in a record like showtime and that it's you know being re-released and hopefully it's going to open up to even more new fresh
0: years as well as yeah. those that have left it all this time yeah that would be nice uh i am a little surprised but uh, that is happening. But not surprised musically, because I know what what was done musically on it, and I know uh, uh my brother, who, like I said, he's a Berkeley boy uh, and the music the music is original and it's solid. it's not sounding like another band. It's not it's not a rehash. It's it's if if you remaster it and put it out, it's solid because it was well done. Jimmy Douglas is a great producer to do the original uh project. What, what do you think he brought to it? Jimmy knew how to get the track or to get he knew how to get what he wanted on the tape that's a gift he knew timing wise uh, how to relax everybody to be relaxed but he knew enough constraints because he knew he was putting together a commercial product and Jimmy could get what he wanted on the tape remember I told you Jimmy had a great Sense of when to hit that red, that record button. So yeah, he he bought that to it. I, he, it. He's he, Jimmy Douglas is uh, a definitely uh, a prototype of of. He's what you would call what a producer of music is, where you're getting the not only the best out of the uh, artists. But I'm capturing it, and I'm able to now take it and and present it in a way that uh 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 best reflects on what we were trying to do and what we felt in the studio and that type of thing so yeah jimmy jimmy was uh jimmy's a he's a good guy.
1: He brings. He makes sure the whole exceeds the sum of the parts. Um,
0: yeah, Jimmy's good. And also unique with that record was the use of strings. And that was unique, and that was good. Uh, uh and that was possible. Uh, uh, my brother would put musically his his musical progressions lend to the possibility to be able to do that. Because you didn't uh, uh, you know, like uh, oh baby, wait for me and all that kind of stuff. That's uh, uh, the minor, the motif that was there. My brother played with a way of playing with motifs in some tunes that Lends itself to some uh, 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 possibilities when you talk about strings and movements and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it, it was open enough to do that. It wasn't so clogged up.
1: Did did it, you know Did you know all along that there would be strings, or was that something not, that was not added later? All or?
0: along, but when it got into it, it was talked about it. But the nature of what one of the things that we did, and that's probably the the thing that identified it the best is we never clogged it up. Now, sometimes people would want to clog it up, you know, and maybe add this or do that. But as a basis, when we write, uh, when my brother and I write, we we don't clog it up because one of the things I know musically is. You give the ear space to feel. You don't say everything that's possible. You don't have to. The ear fills it in. You give them enough space to fill it the way they want to. You have to be musically structured right in terms of Western music, uh, or uh, uh, when I say Western, I'm talking about not from China or uh, 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 from uh, the Middle East. But in Western musical structure, when my approach is I like to write and create in a way that I leave space for you to fill in what feels right for you. I don't have to play every note in the chord. I have to play certain notes. But even if I'm playing uh, 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 ninth or 13th, I can voice it in a way that still leaves it open for your ear to feel the way you want to feel. You're, it's like, you know, when you look at animation or even CGI for, this, for that, a lot of stuff, uh, they don't have everything In every, because you can't, it's digital, but you can get, they get pretty close with the digital. But when you, you put frame by frame by frame, and when it goes fast enough, your brain fills it in. And you see what you want to see, even though that's not what's being done, but you reconcile it with your eyes. You follow what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. You put it, the pieces
0: together in your head yeah you reconcile it with your eyes the same thing happens with the ear musically but you have to have enough of it there so i don't like to clog it up i like to leave it open enough for that and so you can do some creative stuff on there man and make the pocket and make the colors really cool so there's my secret sauce (laughs) that's, that's,
1: that's great i appreciate you explaining that sam and Especially in funk music, I think, you know, the, the, the silent parts, the quiet parts are so critical to being in that groove. You know, um, if it's cluttered, it just can take it, take it right out of it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Jazz cats used to tell me, man, it ain't what you play all the time. Hot Rod, that's what they call it. It's what you don't play. And that's where I got it from. That's what makes it work, man. What you don't play. You got it? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) I was all young, man. Those guys just scare me anyway, man. (laughs) (laughs) They were were hard, bro.
1: That's quite an education you got from right there.
0: Yeah, they were kind of hard, bro.
1: Well, um, man, so... You say you're still playing music today in what capacity?
0: Well, I I, uh, uh, actually, I've been uh, uh, getting my drum chops back. Uh, I got some keyboards, uh, but just working on a lot of different stuff, mostly technique, and uh, I've been working on some chops, but then I work on a technique. You got to play technique, you got to play chops. You got to play technique. You gotta play chops. Technique is is puts some tools in the tool bag. Uh uh, but that's that's what I do. My mom got me to doing it again, man, just a few years ago. She just passed a few months ago. But uh she said, Sam, you remember that you're a musician? He played drum I'm like uh, uh yeah right mom cuz she could see i was going through this really dry season man where i just wasn't feeling i was feeling something's missing and uh uh uh, 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 uh it was just one of those little creative spaces that that's part of me there ain't no shame uh, shame in it that I like, and that's music. Uh, But when I get into music, I like to get into it at a a, a high level, a decent level. And so I didn't play it for a while because I I knew what kind of work it would take uh, to be clean. And uh, man, I've been, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm actually pretty much cool with the drum part took a little bit because you ain't you haven't played like that in a while. Uh uh but uh it takes time to get back in till you find till you you're in the space again. Uh and now that I'm filling the space I don't wanna I don't drop off no more. Mm. Now I'm a, I'm a I'm a rocket dude.
1: <laughs> bring bring it man bring it you know yeah. uh, you, and you mentioned you know your your church uh, association and so much funk has sort of you know ended up in in the church i think today dude
0: there's some guys up in there that can play as uh, a matter of fact where i'm at some of those young dudes don't even know how good they are i'm talking about play and they're That's the where the cleanest musicians are now, in terms of solid music. Because the guys that just hop out there and go and don't learn anything. Because they got they they're free. They're playing to the glory of God. They're free. And that's that reminds me a lot of the jazz stuff. Cats were free. They just played, man. And some of the funk guys, they play, but now, yeah. It's not much planned when you got uh, uh, DJs and everything's contained in a, 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 a loop or predefined, it doesn't elevate, it's going to be, we're going to spin it. We're going to rap on top of it. We're going to do that. And it's stuck there.
1: Well, you so you got go anywhere in my mind, you got to be out there in the clubs and touring and doing all that, you know, work in front of people playing just to play and to find yourself musically and to find how you can connect to an audience uh, before you record. Now so many of them just are in a vacuum just recording and making this music that's sort of sanitized and disconnected in a way.
0: That's a good point. That's a very good point because, you, you know, uh, music also uh, being a language, there's a syntax and you don't know if you're, or connecting with people if you're talking over their heads or if you're not even reaching their feet uh because you haven't uh uh, uh proven the concept in front of people or in clubs or, or what have you that's a very good point they're, they''re they're throwing the dart on the uh against the uh wall poop and they don't then they draw a bull'seye around where the dart landed <laughs> no, no, that doesn't mean you hit the spot, bro. That's what. Yeah, hit. Throw it on the on the barn anywhere, and then put your bullseye. No, there's a bullseye, and you got to learn how to hit it. Not make up your own little bullseye because people understand what they understand. And if you and if you're if you don't connect with them, guessing at it is not a good idea. Now I tell you who I heard uh a couple weekends ago. They're from home. Uh they had they were here, they were celebrating, and it's lakeside day. Mm. And was that last weekend? Whatever. It might have been in the weekend. Anyway, they played downtown in Dayton. Man, Otis and those cats, they were smoking, dude. Mm. <laughs> Late- Lakeside was bringing it, man. man. Clean. Great show, entertaining. Oh, man. You got to get Otis of them. You tell you had Otis on the show or Eddie Lakeside?
1: I, of I had I had uh, Fred Alexander the drummer.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. He, he he was rocking it. He was rocking it. Yeah. So yeah, man. I had uh, I got another friend out there that's a drummer. Uh, used to play drums for uh the Gap Band. Raymond Calhoun.
1: Yeah, he's been on.
0: Raymond's been on?: Yeah. yeah, Raymond used to come to see me when I played in D.C. He was a little younger than me. He came on with Oliver Scott. Yeah, Raymond. That's my. Ca- I love Raymond Calhoun. he's such a cool dude man he keeps
1: it real he just seems you know
0: raymond is cool man i used to like the cat coming to the i just liked him liked him in dc coming to hang out because he was such a nice guy nothing pretentious just a cool dude man yeah well and
1: it keeps you know some faith when you see a lakeside still doing it and come functions out there not doing too bad and um who else? Is still, the Ohio players even are still out there with Diamond and, and Billy and Chet, uh, Chet a yeah. few of the originals, uh, you know, and yeah, I yeah, hear they, yeah, they sound yeah. pretty good. So um, warms the heart to know that they're at least still out there doing yeah,
0: it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Chet. Good guys, man.
1: Uh, before I uh, sign off, although it'll be a few weeks before this airs, it is my son's 18th birthday. So special birthday shout out to Nathan 18 today. My one and only.
0: Ah, he's got it made. <laughs> <laughs> he's spoiled rotten.
1: He is. He is. But uh, I'll tell you, he knows a lot more about funk than any of his friends.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. All right. Uh, well, you tell him if he got any uh, uh, questions about higher ed, getting in, keys to scholarships, different little things. Give Uncle Sam a call, bounce it off.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. It's been great talking with you. And uh, just on behalf of the viewers and listeners and funk lovers everywhere, thank you so much for what you've contributed to the music.
0: Well, thank you for appreciating the music. And uh, uh, playing music is important when you enjoy it yourself. And it's even more important when it's enjoyed by others. And and that's what makes make the funk the funk.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Truth and Rhythm. A big thank you goes out to our guest as well as to you, the viewer and listener. Also much gratitude to Pleasure for supplying the show's funky opening and closing music. As a reminder, you can always access the complete list of linked shows by episode at funkinstuff.net. I urge you to support this program and receive the extra benefits along with that by subscribing to the Funk & Stuff channel on YouTube and sharing it with funk, R&B, and jazz lovers, joining Truth & Rhythm's membership program at Patreon, submitting a donation at funkandstuff.net, buying is on the One, the First guide to Funk book at Amazon, shopping at the Funky Things store for cool merchandise at funkandstuff.net, and linking through FunkinStuff.net for all of your Amazon purchases. In addition, if you're an artist or anyone seeking proven results-oriented professional marketing, PR, writing, or editing consultation or production, check out the media services section at FunkinStuff.net. Also, I encourage you to drop me a line at scottg at FunkinStuff.net. I love the feedback, suggestions, guest requests, appearance and sponsorship inquiries, and just talking about my favorite subject, groove-based music. For now, and as always, this is Scott Dr. GX Wolfine saying, keep on on vibing to the rhythm of the one.